Hey, good morning, Grace family. Good to have you guys with us this morning. So excited to be delivering God's word today. And so um, because of the time, hey, I want to get right into um, our message today. I believe God is giving me giving me a, um, a powerful word for us this morning. So, hey, I'm going to dive off into it. Um, we are reading from Psalm 27 this morning. So Psalm 27, I'm going to be reading the Psalm um, in its entirety for us this morning. So, hey, stick with me this morning. Um, I believe we, we want the full context here. So it starts off in verse one by saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble uh, when evil people come to, dev to devour me? When my enemy and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though the mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his uh, temple. For he will conceal me there with trouble when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out he will place me out of reach on high on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall in the hands, uh, in their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath that um, they threaten me with violence, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Okay, church, hey, we are going to get into this thing today. You're probably thinking, hey, what is all of that um, have to do with, with our message? And what does all of that mean right there? What does all of that mean? And so uh, first, before I um, um, get into it, I got to take you back. I got to take you back in the day, back to the, the, the past in the 90s. I got to take you back to the 90s. And so particularly around the uh, 95 and 2000. So I want to take you back to, to my childhood and kind of growing up in Las Vegas. And there wasn't a lot of technology going on when we grew up. Technology was just becoming popular. And, you know, so we couldn't uh, sit in the house all day on our, our phones or on these cool video games and stuff. The graphics on our video games was terrible. We can look back at some of them video games and say, how was I even playing this video game with these graphics? And so we had to actually go outside and if we wanted to have fun, we had to actually go outside. We had to rile up the neighborhood. I mean, we would go to, we would go around the neighborhood knocking on people's door. Hey, can so-and-so come and play, uh, come outside and play? And, and to be honest, you had to have manners back then. Because when you go up there and knock to that door, if you weren't polite, then they'll tell 
don't tell that boy don't come knocking at my door no more. He rude, he ain't got no manners. Tell him don't knock at my door no more. Matter of fact, you may not be able to hang out with him if he don't get it together. So, I mean, you actually had to have manners. You went up to these, you, you met the parents, the parents knew you, so they knew who they were, their kids were hanging out with, you know? So uh, we would get outside and when we would get together, man, we would get creative outside. You know, we had to, we had to, uh, our, 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 our imaginations had to get uh, really wide outside. And so sometimes we would play cops and robbers. And so uh, we would make these wooden walkie-talkies. And so we would run around the whole neighborhood. You couldn't go too far because these were wooden walkie-talkies. And so, hey, we, we couldn't really hear you if you weren't close enough. And so, you know, we would do things like climb the tree and see who can climb the tree the fastest and go the highest, which is probably why I'm scared of heights now today because you get up there and that tree all the way up there and this get to wobbling and you looking down. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, 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 why did I even do this? And so we, we would do things like that. We would even sometimes Sometimes we would race from one end of the street to the next end of the street to see who was going to be the fastest for that week. And so, you know, you either ran with your shoes on or you ran with bare feet because you didn't run with your socks on. If anybody got caught running in their socks in the street, oh, yeah, we probably didn't see them for a good month or whatnot. And so, you know, I say all that to say, man, we had to actually get outside of the house. This was an all-day event when you got outside. You would get out there at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and you wouldn't get back into the house until about 5.30, 6 o'clock. You came in for lunch, probably, uh, just for lunch. But other than that, you were outside because mama said, you ain't going to run up my power bill running in and out. You better stay outside. And so we had to get, we had to improvise. You know, if you wanted water, you had to turn on that water faucet. Uh, you turn, turn on the water hose outside, let it run for a little bit, let the water get cool, that's, and then you drank your water. If you needed to, uh, you got hungry out there, you wanted a snack, you better have your money. It's either tucked away in your sock or, or somewhere you put it so that um, you can wait for the ice cream truck or you went to the candy lady's house. I don't know why there wasn't any candy, man, but um, I, I don't know. They're just candy lady. You go to the candy lady's house. Or if you had to go to the bathroom, great. Well, we ain't, we ain't going there this morning, great. We ain't doing that. You just understand. It was an all-day event. But then it came a point in time where our parents would come to the door and they would say these words. They would say, it's time to get in the house. It's time to get in the house. And when they said it was time to get in the house, it wasn't no, hey, wrap up what you're doing, finish this game, hey, uh, uh, finish whoever scores last one out. When our parents said it's time to get in the house, that means drop what you're doing and immediately get in here. If you made it to the door and you wasn't out of breath, they took it as, hey, you wasn't trying to get in the house fast enough. And so uh, the title of my message today, this morning, church, is it's time to get in the house. It's time to get in the house. Let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, God. We thank you for putting breath in our body, God, and get, uh, waking us up in our right mind this morning, God. And so, God, I pray that the words that um, you've given me to um, give to your church, God, be edifying, God, and it be um, just something that just changes our hearts and changes our minds, God, because we want to be better, God. We want to advance and become um, even more holy, God, as we walk with Jesus Christ. So have your way in today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So church, let's, let's dive off into this now. So when I give you that title, it's time to get in the house. 
um, I know it can come off as like demanding and it come off as like, uh, um, man, that, that's, you're not asking me, you're just telling me. And, and I believe God is giving me this word for his church because he's looking for some urgency from his creation. Uh, we've been outside of the house too long. Some of us have, have drifted away uh, uh, from his presence, from the house or whatnot. And so he's saying, I need you to get in the house. The world that we live in is full of lawlessness and sinfulness and wickedness. And God is saying, get in the house immediately. Hey, don't finish up what you're doing. Don't come when you're ready and don't keep rolling the dice with your life. God understands that, hey, the longer you stay outside of the house, the, the more chances that darkness and sin is creeping up inside in our lives. And you say, hey, man, Pastor Kevin, so what is God's house? You're talking about getting to God's house. I can't physically get in there. And so um, when we talk about God's house, we talk about his presence. We talk about God's presence. And, and you don't have to be in a physical house to be in God's presence. Now, back in the Old Testament times where we get what this psalmist is, is talking about or speaking of, you, you could actually go into the holy of holy places in the tabernacle and actually uh, um, be in God's presence. So that was a place where this psalmist would actually be seeing the, the Levite priests go into the holies of holies place. So um, in that time, you could actually go into the presence of God. It was a place there. But because of what Jesus Christ did and what he did on the cross and that once he died, that veil was torn. And so now we can enter into God's presence anywhere and at any time. Church, you should be saying amen right there about that, that nobody has to go into the presence of God with a sacrifice or anything on your behalf. You can enter into the presence of God right there, wherever you are at any time. And so when we think about God's presence and being able to enter into those presence, just because Jesus Christ has made, made a way for us to enter into, his, enter into his presence doesn't mean that that's our natural desire to go into his presence always. You see, I can remember when I got uh, to a point in life, you know, when I was in high school and I had got me a, a job or whatnot, and I feel like I can manage my life better than my parents and my guardians could. And so I, at that moment, I'm like, hey, I, I, I want to leave your house. I want to get up. I can't wait till I get my own apartment. Can't wait till I get up out of here because you feel this pressure. You're suppressing me. And so in the midst of that, what I was saying is, hey, yes, I want to leave your presence, but I'm leaving your presence and I'm leaving your benefits too. See, see, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sustain my home and the bills and everything like you're able to. Hey, I don't know if I'll be able to cook that meal like you do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey, only big mama can cook that soul food meal like that. Only, only, only mama can do that spaghetti and meatloaf like that. You know what I'm talking about. You leave that press. You want to leave that home. But hey, it's them benefits that you leave away too. And so, and, and church, that, that's what we do when it comes to God. You see, uh, uh, we want the benefits that God gives, but we don't actually want his presence all the time. You see, Jesus knew this, and that's where we get the parable of the prodigal son from. See, you have this son that's saying, hey, I want the benefits of being your son. He went to the father and said, hey, I want my inheritance. I want the benefits of being your son, but I don't want your presence. So I'm going to take your benefits and leave your presence. And, and, and church, we want the benefits of the Father. We want salvation. We want redemption. We want his joy, his peace. We want the healing. We want good fortune. But we don't always want God's presence. Because see, in God's presence, he's holy. 
And see, we don't, we don't ask or yearn for more of his Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying it. All of us do, but majority of the time, hey, it's a, it's a total miss. We're not saying, God, give me more of your Holy Spirit, which is what the Bible asks us to. We're not striving to live holy 100% of the time. You see, we want to be holy 80% of the time, and then we want to be human the other 20% of the time. And, and I know that sounds good, and you're like, hey, Pastor, well, I am human. What, what's wrong with that? But, but God had to show this to me. I don't want you to think because I'm preaching this to you that I'm perfect at this or I got this thing down pat. God, is, God had to teach me and show me this thing right here because, see, we, we have this excuse as to why we can't be holy because I'm human. And, you know, I've, I've used this with my wife, you know what I mean? sometimes where I may have done something and then I circle back around and I say, well, babe, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm human, you know, and that's, that's just an excuse as to why I, I'm not being holy. But God's word says in 1 Peter and, and, and in Leviticus, it says, God says, be holy because I am holy. He's not saying, hey, boy, be holy 80% of the time and be human 20% of the time. He's not saying find an excuse as to why you can't be holy. He says, I got your excuse as to why you, why you won't be holy, and it's through Jesus Christ. He said, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so at the end of the day, God knows we're going to fall short. That's where Jesus comes in at. We don't need to make an excuse and say, well, I'm human, so this is why I did it. No, he says, hey, when you mess up, when you, when you miss being holy, when you miss the mark of being holy. Don't make an excuse. I need you to repent, ask forgiveness, and continue following Jesus. So we should be striving to be holy and not so much being human. So now we may not achieve, you may not be able to achieve that, but God wants us striving towards that. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important because he guides us through the sanctification process. And what sanctification means is just the process of being cleansed, the process of being made um, in the image of Jesus Christ. That's what sanctification is. And so you may be saying, hey, okay, what does all of that have to do with this psalm, Pastor Kevin? You done, you done ran laps around the psalm. You read us the psalm. But hey, if we look at this psalm in its full context, we can see that the psalmist is trying to find some security in the midst of his confidence and his concern. He's trying to say, where can I go when I'm confident and when I have these concerns? And so if we look at that verses one through three, we can see in uh, verses 13 through 14, excuse me. So one verses one through three and 13 through, 13 through 14, we can see his display of confidence in God. And he said, hey, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Um, there's a song like that, whom shall I fear? Like, whom shall I be afraid? He's saying, I'm confident in this. So we look at this and then verse three says, even if, uh, even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. So he's telling us here that I'm confident in who I am. But then if we look at verses nine through 12, it shows his concern. He's kind of concerned a little bit. He's saying, hey, God, don't turn your back on me. Don't reject your servant in anger. And he's saying, uh, we look at verse 10, even if my father and my mother abandoned me. So he got some concerns there, like my father and mother may abandon me at some point in time. He's saying, um, don't let me fall into my hands of my enemies, for they accuse me of things I've never done. So you can see he has some type of um, concerns here. So not necessarily that he necessarily saying that he's struggling or anything, but he's kind of, he's a little anxious, as you can see. But in the midst of his anxiety, He's saying that there's one place, there's one place where I can enter and be secure. He's saying there's one place I can enter where I'm, whether I'm confident or whether I'm concerned. And that's what we look at verses, verse four. And he's saying, the one thing I ask, 
of, of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This psalmist is saying, hey, I will be able to deal with the high moments in life and in the low moments in life, I'll be able to deal with those if I do them in your presence, God. If I can go through each moment in your presence, God. And for us, that may look like, hey, I can deal with my wife not loving me anymore. I can deal with my husband not looking at me like he used to. God, as long as I do it in your presence. God, I can deal with the haters and the naysayers if I can do it in your presence. God, I can be broke if I be broke in your presence, God. God, I can deal with my kids being lost and confused just as long as I do it in your presence. I can deal with having a bad basketball game or a bad uh, football game in school or whatever sporting event. Long, God, as long as I do it in your presence. God, I can fail the test or miss a note in the choir recital if I do it in your presence. God, I can even endure eating my green vegetables and having a bedtime as long as I do it in your presence, God. So this psalmist is trying to teach us, hey, I'm not trying, I'm not looking to escape my battles. Church, what, he's not saying I'm looking to escape whatever anxiety concerns I have. He's just saying, can I go through them in your presence? And you see some of us, church, we, we struggle. Uh, the reason why we struggle in our battles sometimes is because we seek uh, people's presence more than we seek God's presence. And now seeking people's presence isn't bad. The Bible encourages us for unity and coming together and comforting each other. But when we do that just to escape our battles and our concerns and our anxiety, we're only fooling ourselves. Some of us, church, we've done enough filtering our feelings and emotions through our friends, and it's now time to start filtering those things through the Father. That's what he's there for. The Father says, I've given you the power to control your feelings. And that's what he's telling us. The Holy Spirit is, is the one that's going to help us um, filter our feelings and control those things. He tells us all the time, constantly in the Bible, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't fret. Don't, be a, don't have a quick temper. Be of good cheer. Encourage yourself. God is saying you, can, you have the power to do this. Some of us are looking like, God, you do this, control it. He's saying, I've given you the power. That's, what, that's where the fruit of the Spirit comes. That's a part of it. He's saying, I've given you self-control. If you just lean on my spirit, church, we got to control our feelings and don't let our feelings control us. And God can help us do that when we're in his presence. And so I got three ways, three things here um, I want us to be able to see from this um, from this psalm here as to why God's presence is so important. Why is God's presence so important? And so the first thing I want us to see as to why God's presence is so important um, is that um, in verses four, in verse four and verse uh, seven through eight, we see that the psalmist is telling us in God's presence, there can be solitude. In God's presence, there's solitude. So if you look at um, verse four um, down further into it, he said, delighting in the Lord's presence and meditating in his temple. So he's saying right there that, hey man, that's solitude. I'm meditating with you, God. He's saying in verses seven, he's saying, hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responded, Lord, I am coming. So he's saying, hey, God, I heard you call me into solitude. So here I come. I'm bringing my heart with me. And so when we look at this, um, sometimes we just need to get away with God, just the two of us. When things are going really well, we, can, we need to be going to him. And th when things are going terrible, we should be going to him. 
when we feel confident and when we feel concerned because in solitude with God, he can do these three things. He can remind us, he can redirect us, and he can refresh us. And so when, he talk, when I talk about reminders, God, in, in solitude, God reminds, of, reminds us of our identity so that we're loved, that we're sons, that we're daughters, that we, he has purpose for our life. And so we can be reminded of that in his presence when we're in solitude. He can redirect us. And so he can redirect us if we're heading down the wrong road or if he wants to um, reassign us, so ch shift our assignment. And so uh, the redirect doesn't always have to be a bad thing. So if he wants to um, reassign your purpose when it comes to your, your job career, what you may be working, uh, the field you may be working in right now. Hey, maybe it may be um, he wants to reassign what your giving looks like, what you're offering up, how you're parenting. You know, what do your dating relationships look like? He may be trying to shift those things and redirect you in the right path to get you moving towards your, your uh, God-given destiny. So in solitude, he can redirect us. And with those two things, that's where the refreshment comes in, church. When God just reminds us of our identity and then he redirects us where we're going and then he refreshes us and he reminds us that, hey, man, yes, I'm giving you this direction, but I'm going to be with you. I got you. Look at the hope that I'm giving. God gives us hope through his promises and he refreshes us, church. And that's what happens when we're in solitude. I mean, yeah, when we're in solitude with God, that's why it's important to get in his presence and rest in there, just you and him. Get that solitude time. So the second thing, second thing we look at is why is God's um, presence so important? Um, and if we look at verse five, it teaches us that the reason why God's presence is so important is because there's safety in his presence. There's safety in his presence. We look at verse five, it says, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of, out of reach on a high rock. And so he's saying, hey, I'm going to keep you safe in my presence. And so um, growing up, I, I, we played this game outside. It was called tag. Some of y'all probably know what tag was like. And in this game tag, you had this place that was called either home or it was called the base. And whenever you got on this base or this home position, hey man, whoever was trying, whoever was a tagger person could not tag you at that moment. They had no choice but to say, hey, I gotta go find somebody else. They could do all they want. You can stand on the base and you can, nah, 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 you can't touch me, you can't. Now you don't get off that base because you're gonna get tagged. Sometimes they try to trick you into it. But hey, he had to respect the base. And that's the same thing that, 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 that Satan has to do, the enemy has to do when we're in God's house, we're in God's presence. He can flinch, he can bark, he can do what all he wants, but he got to respect that base. He got to respect the base when we're in God's house, we're in his presence. Psalm 23 says, when I walk through the valley of the dark, through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. And it says, and comfort me. And so church, I'm telling you right now, you're gonna walk through some dark times. The enemy's gonna come and try to surround you and he's gonna try to take you down and he's gonna try to say, hey, you are going to be defeated here. But I'm telling you right now, church, hey, you are going to make it through this. God is saying you're safe. The enemy's trying to just scare you. He's trying to get you lose hope. He's trying to just really just distract you from coming to God, from following him. So church, I need to tell you today, there's safety in the presence of God. And so I just need you to stick your chest out and walk boldly through whatever that dark season looks like because you have safety in God's presence. And the last thing we have to look at it, the psalmist is showing us that what comes from being in God's presence is that 
there's a song in his presence. There's a song in his presence. And see, growing up, I, I mean, I knew it was two times that I knew when the song was on what was going on. And that was on a Saturday morning. If it was, if it was songs on in the house Saturday morning, that means we was getting ready to clean house. Or if there was songs on on a Sunday morning, that means we was, get, we was getting ready to get ready for church. And so those two things, we knew what, what songs were, were about in our house. And man, on a Saturday morning, my mama get up and she get to clean it. Man, my mama can clean a house spot clean with some Tony Braxton on or some Brandy or some Monica or some Babyface. Oh, she would clean a house spot clean. You see, church, it's something about a song uh, that, that stirs something up in us. And I'm particularly talking about a worship song. I remember, man, I would watch my granny and a worship song would come on and it just stir her st something in her soul. She was singing a praise to the Father. And so church, we need to be singing a praise to the Father. It pleases God when we sing praises to him. So when you're anxious, when you're trying to figure out what's next, God, what's my purpose? What's going to happen in this upcoming school year? What's going to happen in my health? What's going to happen with COVID? What's going to happen with my job and my kids or my marriage? And these are all valid. But will you allow God to turn them into a song? You see, that's what this book of Psalms is all about. You got regular people uh, living like we are, but they're turning their circumstances and situations into a song. And church, that's what this psalmist is trying to get us to, to, to see right here, that we need to turn our sorrows, our hurts into times of songs. And see, when we look at talk about God's presence, that's the good news of the gospel because God's presence is not something we should be running and hiding from. God's presence is something we should be seeking to enter into. You see, some of us, we've been running from God and holding off from following Jesus because we think that God's presence is burdensome and, and is suppressing. Like I did when I was in high school and I wanted to leave my, 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 my parents or guardians um, their presence because I thought, hey, man, you're, just, you're, you're keeping me from being free. But no, that's not the case. In God's presence, it brings, there is freedom. There is life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. See, he came, died, was buried, and rose again so that we can have abundant life. Jesus is not about taking life. He's about giving life. His life was the only one that needed to be taken. Your life and my life, church, have been redeemed, and all we got to do is accept that free gift of Jesus Christ. So church, if you've been running, if you've been hiding, if you've been sitting in, in shame and guilt and just beating yourself up saying that I can't, I'm not clean enough to come to God. You don't got to be clean enough to come to Jesus. He wants you to come to him just how you are. God wants us in his presence, church. And why does God want us in his presence? Because there's solitude in his presence. Just time for you and him so that he can remind you, so that he can redirect you and so that he can refresh you. The reason why we got to get in God's presence is because there's safety. Church, we need protection and comfort, especially in the world and the times that we're living in now. We need to feel safe and secure in these times. And then we need to get in God's presence because we need a song, church. Some of us need a new song stirring up in our hearts. And I believe we can get that in God's presence if you just choose to enter into it. Like this psalmist says, this psalmist chose. He says, the one thing I seek most is to dwell in your presence. Will you get a heart like that today, church? A heart that says, all I want to do is dwell in your presence, God, and just see how he transforms and refreshes your life, church. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, God. Thank you, God, that you refresh us in your presence, God. Thank you, God, that when we sit in solitude with you, God, that you do a work in our hearts, God. Thank you that in the midst of dark times, God, that you bring about safety, God. And thank you, God, that you put new songs in our hearts, God, because you love to hear us sing praises to you, God, glorifying your name, God. God, I pray this message today, God, just stirs something up in someone's heart and mind, God, to seek you out, God, to seek your presence, God, to stop running and hiding from your presence, God, but be willing to enter in full on into your presence, God. We thank you for your word today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, church, um, there was a a group of uh, people who got together for you and prayed, and they heard these things um, from God. It says somebody is struggling with uncertainty around the pandemic or their job. There's someone looking um, to rededicate themselves and pray more, which is an awesome thing. You want to get yourself back in the presence of God. Somebody is struggling with weariness Somebody's having trouble balancing their, 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 their medicines. And also someone is looking to draw closer to him and worship him. So awesome, church. So if that's you, if that's you, we have those, those numbers where you can call in and get prayer for those things. And then also speaking of prayer, I want to let you guys know of something that's going to be coming up this week, Tuesday. We have a back-to-school um, drive-through prayer day this Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. for all teachers, students, and their families right here in the Grace parking lot. So if you would like to join us there, we would love to pray for you guys. It's going to be an awesome time. Hey, church, love you guys. Have an awesome Sunday. Peace.